Were you or a loved one ran a 2x7 car this weekend? If so, tune in to 1-800, stacking pennies. Here we go. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking pennies. Hey, guys, this is Stacking Pennies. I am Corey the Joy, driver of this week's Team Nigu number 7 Chevy Camaro. And where you have the normal band of characters this week, to my right, Mr. Chuck Bush. Hello, how you doing? Strong week for the Bushes. Yeah, man. Cousin Kyle got the job done. At a track he knows all too well. Five-time winner at Fontana, Kyle Bush. It's almost like somebody called that this past week. I don't know. I heard it somewhere. You heard it right here on Stacking Pants, because that's what I said. Also joined to my left, front tire changer of a nemesis, Ryan Blaney's Ford Mustang, Ryan Flores. Frenemy. We're frenemies today? I know. On Sundays, we're frenemies. That's right. That's my guy. Mostly enemies. And then last but not least, Ice Club Blue Mountain Takes, Mr. Jonathan Merriman. Round of applause. Good to be here. How's it going? Good. Where do we even start, guys? We have a lot of stuff to cover. Um, Kyle Bush back in victory lane. A dub, second race in, also been in contention every other re- week before this. He was in contention for the Clash, the silver medal there. Got wrecked leading the 500. I like. I expected them to be strong, but like running well is a lot different than winning, dominating than w- when winning like a cup race. Winning a cup race is very, especially the way they did it. I mean, he's, execution. Only, he's only won. He's only won what. Not, not a couple, like 61 of them. I mean, yeah, not. but like, and I don't, you know, you don't pull on Superman's cape, right? He's he's the guy. Well, you can also argue that Randall Burnett's the guy on pit, the top of the pit box right now. And Andrew Dickinson, Dude. their pit department. That eight team is strong. They're the best car there. Like I said last year, or I said last week, they were the best car last year. And then you plug the guy in who's a motivated Kyle Bush. There is really not anybody better behind the wheel. Here's and what I had a pit road speeding penalty. Second week in a row, got sent to the back, didn't melt down. Yeah. Drove back up front. So, got it done. Little bit of like one instance of my race, we got spun out by Tyler Reddick. Essentially the same thing, misjudged it, tried to blend behind me out of four, similar to what I what happened when I spun out Brad, but we lost all the track position. We started good. We were up there, Dyson, 12, 10th, somewhere up in there. Really good car. And we got spun out. I'm like, dang it, there goes all of our track position. Right now it's going to be a fight to get back to the front. Ryan Sparks says, the eight just had a penalty, and he drove his way back to the front, no problem. I said, there's a reason that guy has a plane. <laughs> he owns a plane for a reason. He owns a plane for a reason. Because uh, his paycheck has one more comma than mine does. <laughs> you get what you pay for, monthly, people. <laughs> his monthly paycheck has one more comma than mine does. You get uh, what you pay for. Oh, man. It's it's interesting, that, that team, to me, because it's going to be popular to say, but it's almost like, the, the two tire changes around the 45 last year and Gibbs, like they're great guys, but Gibbs, like they didn't fit in. They didn't really have a place for him. Kyle, they didn't really have a place for him. And then you go to the eight car side, Tyler didn't want that ride. He wanted another one, you know? So it's like a couple guys from Toyota, from the 45, from Gibbs go over there and, and take that thing to victory lane so quickly. It's, it's pretty interesting to me that, you know, they've started off this strong. It's not, surprising but it's interesting well and how much is that the penalty that he had early in the race is that early in the season team still figuring out each other's kind of 
not jitters, but like figuring each other out because he's trying to figure out the car, what they're, you know, there, there was some comment on uh, the radio about we got to get, you know, some Pit of the data lights figured out. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I think Kyle is so good at maximizing his lights potentially because he's one of the best on pit road to getting within one or two tenths of a mile an hour before you speed. I think it's just, it might be a new team issue to work through of like, okay, let's back this light down. 30 RPMs because we know Kyle's capable of running it perfect, right? To run it. If you really, if you gave Kyle Bush a light to run 59.98 miles an hour and 60 speeding, he could run 59.98. But it's not like it would have been five years ago where they run a different tack than Gibbs did. They Everybody has the same stuff. You can program your lights differently though. But, everybody has. But they should lights. have the option to program it however he wanted. Yeah. And they would know, like, okay, this is what I ran last year. It's the same dash. It's the same program. But, like, is there something to Chevy Motors running a different RPM range? Is there anything there? No. No, they just need to scale back their their maximum pit road. Because for me, it's all greens. And then if you hold two red lights, you're speeding. So you, you hold one red light and then you bump two. And I'm talking when you bump it, it's like 15 RPM difference, 20 RPMs, right? Like, you're going your drag and break a little bit to get – 59.990, you know, so I think Kyle Busch pushes that so much that they have to probably program their lights slightly different. But before we break down too much of the race, my day was already won, Chuck. Oh, yeah? You know why? How's that? My number one initiative and goal this weekend was to meet Rowdy Burns, Michael Rooker. I don't know how many people know, but they might have seen my Halloween post every year for the last four years. I dress up as Rowdy Burns because I have one of the three original Days of Thunder Exxon fire suits. And I made sure to pack it, and he signed it. Bull what? You didn't pack it. My brother packed it. Your brother tweeted that, oh, Thanks, my Jason. brother forgot it, so I had to stuff it in my I, bag. I, I left on Wednesday, went to Indy, came back to sleep for four hours, turned around, went left for Thursday. So, Casey, yeah, shout out to my brother who packed it. All these good people of America and abroad where they're listening. It was my idea to bring it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, brought it. Just cheery. I mean, a lot of people know him as Yondu in Guardians of the Galaxy. Love the movie. But at the end of the day, he's still Rowdy Burns. So I have Michael Rooker. He write, he scratched some Michael Rooker on it, and then he wrote Rowdy, and he kind of ran out of room, so he was, like, trying to, like, fill it in. I'm like, <laughs> Just stop writing, please. Like, you're making it look bad. But that was pretty cool. I was pumped up. And Han from Fast and Furious was there. Yeah. He was cool. But two days of rainouts, you got to fill your time with something. Full transparency just for you four sitting here. And a couple thousand listeners. I got a pedicure on Friday. I went and stopped at a hat store, got this sweet churros hat. Oh, my stomach hurts just looking at it. Well, I, just, I feel like <laughs> I wanted to beat this thing head on, so I'm wearing a San Jose, <laughs> San Jose churros. San, Ho San Jose churros hat. Got a pedicure. <laughs> went and saw Cocaine Bear. Yeah. The how, by myself. How was that? It's like a Netflix movie you yeah. watched in six months after it's out of studios. But when you're sitting there with all day to kill, Cocaine Bear is a great movie to watch. Hmm. Just got a popcorn and just sat there by popcorn myself. Hit the movie. Extra theater. butter and salt or what? No, I'm a plain popcorn oh, guy. Yeah. So then leave there, get a pedicure, bought a pair of shoes, bought these shoes actually that I'm wearing on my feet. Went to Yard House, ran into Ty, Ty Dillon and his crew chief, Kevin Belcourt. This is on Saturday. And your other cousin, Kurt Bush, was there. Yeah. This was about four o'clock. He was having a good time. He's got some free time, you know? He's got a lot of free time. And he was having a good time at the yard house. Then I took the boys to Top Golf on Saturday night, two bays, to saw Tony Stewart, 
at Top Golf. Really? I said, hey, man, we're going to run to good tomorrow. So if I do, talk good about me. Apparently, you got the message. Talk good about me. And then we go to Sunday. Now we start talking about the race. I kept looking at the leaderboard. I mean, like, where's Corey at? Do, 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 do. I started to bottom. Where the f- is Corey? Oh, all right. Hell, get after it, buddy. Well, like the first run, like you start 12th off the metric from Daytona. I'm like, okay, let's just see if wait, where we bleed to. And the whole first run I'm going, I'm like, and I'm kind of like looking at my mirror, waiting on somebody to like come catch me. Like I figure I'll be the one that was like, like everybody just like stopped behind me. I'm like, oh, like we're faster than these guys. And we stayed there all day. Car was really good. Thought we had a good sim session the past couple weeks there and it paid off. We're getting some underbelly scans, underwing scans that make a big, big, big difference. A little bit of setup help. Sim helping you? I think so. So it's just a matter about correlating that to Vegas next week, just figuring out what baseline packages we run. Outside of Atlanta, have you ever gotten stage points? I don't recall. I think we've gotten more stage points this year than we got last year total. We've gotten stage points at Martinsville. Outside of Super Speedway races, but like – I think Martinsville he has. I think you have. I don't know. But not like the old-fashioned way of actually like driving there and getting them. Right now he's in the playoffs (laughs) as far as points go. I only have to sustain this for 24 more weeks. I can do it. Totally doable. Is it different? Now, it's not like you don't know what you're doing. It's your first time. But like you got in a Brad and spun Brad out. Is it – Different trying to figure out how to race. Like, you don't race against those guys every week. So, like, where they put their car. Is it is that maybe some of the miscues where, like, you spun him out and then Tyler spun you out? Or do you think those guys race you different because they, they're not used to seeing you up there? So, like, why is he up here? What's going on? Unrelated. Brad and I were running each other really hard. So, we did a couple of these past each other two, three times. So, patience was low from both of us, even though it was early. He slid me into one, and I kind of, like, crossed him over. And we both were driving out of two, and I'm like, ooh, trying to have some wheel into it to stay off of him. And then I lost some front down force and just breathed them. And it was like, whew. And then, like, as he was spinning, I'm like, ah, oh, sorry, Bradley. I said on the radio, keyed it up as he was spinning, like, sorry, Bradley. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> and I'm glad he kind of got back going, and he also was able to recover. Then we also raced each other for stage points towards the end of the race. So we were fine after that. Fast forward a couple laps after that. Tyler was said, I talked to him on the plane um, after the race, and he said that he assumed that he was clear of me and he was looking in his mirror to try to merge. So he was had like one eye on the mirror, one eye out the windshield, and just I watched it back. He barely clipped my bumper. Yeah. And you're already kind of counter steering because you're light out of four anyways, and all it takes is just like a whoop, and it's gone. Luckily, I was able to kind of get it back straight because as soon as I got sent towards the grass, I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to get stuck. So I banged it down a couple of gears, tried to like throw the wheel at it, try to get it straightened out. And luckily it didn't do like- Get flats? No. No, you're good. Because I slipped through the grass most of the time, but I knew I wanted to get back to some black stuff early so we didn't get stuck. The big restart melee got us a couple cars there, but then we drove back to 13th, 14th and kind of so made- So you're kind of lucky there. you got spun out because if not, you would have been right in the right. middle of that because we were 15th. And, and it, got caught up in- Right, I mean, killed. So we, back to your point about, you know, it's going to be different guy if we run better when we run better consistently back to the wreck with when the 12 he had a bad pit stop lost some track position he was yeah, being man, pretty I was, I was there he was uh being pretty aggressive on the way on the way back to the front and he rolled to my right rear corner at like the three quarter mark which is already a bad spot because it funnels it funnels down out of two you lose a lot of grip you lose banking so he rolls out there late put me in a tough spot to have to just dump out of the throttle and then the 16 was coming off the bottom, didn't know he was bottom three wide, and just did the old pinch, pinch, 
Oh, so you were three wide there. I was middle. I didn't like like I hear like I kind of understand what's going on, and I knew that I knew like I caught a, a glimpse that um, Ryan was frustrated with you, and I was just like, oh. So like, I saw Ryan yesterday, and I'm like, yeah, hey, I know Corey races hard, yeah, but I'm with you at the racetrack. It's kind of weird because you and I are buddies. So like sometimes when like if you get into it with somebody, sometimes people look at me. And I'm like, I'm with you, guy. Like I'm, I'm fully on board pulling the rope for the 12 car. Yeah. Now I'm gonna go probably eat dinner with him tomorrow. But yeah. like today, I'm all yeah. about the 12. Well, I don't sign your paychecks. That's, that's that too. But like you're, all, we're also there competing. Like I want what's best for you. But hey, I want you to run second to us. Yeah. Because I don't get a bonus when you win. Well, I'm just obviously, have a hangover. obviously, you know Ryan Blaney in particular, he gets just puts a helmet on and has a short short fuse so he he'll get on there and he doesn't see the full picture he doesn't know the 16 drove into my left rear right so he's uh oh, cory sucks and this and that which is a little bit of a component of him not seeing me up there racing a lot of those guys are going to have to get used to seeing the seven car racing more often hopefully this year so like when when i'm up there those guys aren't looking to put you in a bad spot all the time because there's a little bit of res- more respect come comes from guys who race up there consistently that's why you see the wrecks happen 13th to 18th to 20th because those guys have no respect because it's every spot matters so much but once you get to the top 10 those guys a lot more give and take a lot more single file hey i'll let you merge here i'll cut you a break here from 12th to 21st there's no breaks so trying to get the hornet's nest trying to get out of the hornet's nest is what our goal is this year and i thought we did a pretty good job this past week but hey when you're racing and when you're going 200 miles an hour feelings are going to get hurt and that's just what it is so ryan and i have talked via text, hashed it out, said, if, you, if you're going to call me a dumb mother, just tell me that after the race instead of keying the button up, and that's that. I went to Brad after the race because that was the only <laughs> person that, that was the only person that I wanted to really felt like I needed to apologize to because I gen- genuinely made a mistake. Like, I just pushed in a little bit too much, too early, didn't give myself enough space, arrow-wise, and just got tight and spun him out. Glad to see him recover for a seventh-place finish. And I got out of my car. I'm walking down. The person I was really worried about was Matt McCall because he's a black belt karate guy. Matt McCall will whoop your ass. Oh, he would fold me up like a pretzel right there <laughs> on pit road. That was the one I'm like looking around, like looking behind me, checking over my shoulder like, all right, where's Matt McCall? He's like a <laughs> ninja. He's the baddest man in the On garage. pit road, yeah. for sure. No no question about Matt McCall can mess anybody up with just like two fingers. Like, doot. Captain Insano. And, and if he had to get in and drive that thing, he'd probably drive her to the front, too. Hey, like, he probably he's a wheel man. Matt no. McCall is a stud. So I make my way down to Bradley. And I'm like, hey, buddy. I, like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And he's like, what happened there? I'm like, I spun you out. Like, I just got tight and drove into you and spun you out. And he was like, uh, okay. I'm like, man, that pedal on the right will get you every time. If you use more of it in the middle pedal, some bad stuff happens. And he's like, ah, yeah, I know, man. It just happens. I'm like, glad you recovered. See you next week. There's there's things you say, and when you say it, I just see your father, <laughs> and that is one of the things when you say it. I'm like, oh, Randy. Yeah, I just that's what you. Randy. That's exactly what Randy would say. Like, ah, and nah, I got that. Yeah, man, I didn't lift. Ran into you. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Out. Done. <laughs> Thought I had it, but I didn't. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, like those RFK cars are fast. Oh yeah. Still early to tell who's strong. I can tell you who you can tell strong in is them track house cars, buddy. Bro. Yeah. Stage points. In both stages, and they both finished, what? Third, fourth. Third, fourth, yeah. Crazy. Strong day. Strong. They were up front all day. Those things make a lot of mechanical grip, man. That's what those cars have that a lot of teams don't. No matter where we go, it's mechanical grip. And also, a lot of downforce, they, they've got to figure it out. Because you're just waiting on them to fall off. Kyle but touched they, on that. They're just getting stronger. 
that's what Kyle touched on. They asked him, like, hey, what what's different? He said, man, the way they're making grip. Like, it just depends on how your team's making grip. And the way that they're making grip over here feels way different than the way we were mm. with, with my team last year. Yeah. So it, it's interesting for you to touch on that because I think there's two schools of thought. And I'm I'm kind of – I just do pit stops now. Like, I was in the aero group and I was on, you know, pull-down rigs and all that. But now, like, I don't have any idea what they're doing with these next-gen cars as far as setup stuff goes. You either go towards mechanical grip or aero grip. So – Yeah, and I think that we've all kind of seen – uh, Toyotas have they lean more towards mechanical or aero grip. Uh, you know, Kansas, Michigan, places like that, they really haul ass. But places where you need to make a lot of mechanical grip, we've seen teams like Trackhouse, RCR, kind of emerge out front. So those guys are like those guys are solid. Ross Chastain signs a multi-year deal. Daniel Suarez signs a multi-year deal, and those guys are going to be perennial playoff guys. I, I mean, who to thunk it, Chuck? I mean, Ross Chastain's looking like that dude right now. They look strong, and except for the guy that was just a little bit stronger and was able to track him down during a green flag run. And your cousin. Yep. Kyle Busch, 61 wins, 19 years straight with That's a win. That's crazy. That's an unbelievable stat. He Every just, year he's been in the Cup Series, one race. He just beat Richard Petty in a stat. <laughs> you do that, you're doing something. And also, newsflash, it's not like he's 47. He's 37. He's going to be racing for another 12 years. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. How old's Harvick? 46. You think he's going to race for 12 years? <laughs> I think he's racing for another 10. Dude, Kyle Busch is going to race till the, his his wheels fall off. You think? Yeah. Yes. Cup Series? Was he going to race trucks? I mean, yeah. I think eventually, gonna... I think he'll work his way down the ladder. No, he's not going <laughs> to be like, yeah, so? you know what? You don't I'm think gonna... he'll go run trucks with Brexton? You that, think that's every NASCAR's yeah, dream? Every NASCAR fan's dream is they wanted Dale Jr. to do it. You know, can I? Um, what, a... what? Do you want a Rod? You want Derek Jeter after you know, like, guys? I'm going to retire the captain of the New York Yankees. I'm going to go play single leg down at Canapolis Cannonballers. He's going to go play for the San Jose Churros. Yeah, like what are we talking about? <laughs> no, it's probably Kyle fun. He's got a plane to pay for, dude. Truck series ain't, ain't paying. paying it. They're not paying for the plane. Michael Jordan did it. Uh, it's different, oh, completely different circumstances. I know, I know, I know. So to, with this, to. with that being said, Kyle Busch is 37 years old. What's he ninth all time on the wins list with 61? Where does he get to on the list? I think he could beat Jeff Gordon. I think he could best 93 wins. Mm. So where is he at right now? No. 
Ninth was 61. 61. I mean, it just dep- it depends how long he's going to go for. 12 I mean. years. Let's, let's call it 10. So he's going to race at least 47. Yeah. I, I don't mean, see Kevin it. Harvick. Call it 45, and then we'll How about talk. we call it 10 years because it's round numbers, and I like math. All right, eight years. That's fine. Eight years if he averages three wins a year, which is a very – that's a Achievable stat for Kyle Busch. So that puts him at 85. Stat. He's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna I win think he, seven times. This I year. think he hits eighty. I don't know. That I don't think he. He does not pass Jeff. He does not get to 93, 94 wins. If there's anybody that can, it's him. I, I didn't say I don't. I didn't say he couldn't do it. I just don't think he'll do it. That's that's. If there's anyone that can do it, it's him. It's a tough hill to climb. If Jimmy Johnson can't best Jeff Gordon's number, how about this? There's been you know the the athletic release their top seventy five drivers. With that, in the context of that, if Kyle Busch in his tenured RCR for the next decade, wins a championship, which is certainly feasible, particularly this year, or the next five years while he's still in his prime, wins two to three races a year and gets to 90. He's going to surpass Jimmy Johnson in career wins of 83. He's going to surpass Bobby Allison, I believe, and he gets another championship. And let's just say he gets close to Jeff Gordon. Is he the greatest NASCAR driver of all time? So you're saying 90 wins, three championships. Yeah, in the modern era. You're, are we talking NASCAR and, driver, Cup Series driver, or race car driver? NASCAR driver. Oh yeah, e- easily. I mean, I I think you could you could put him. You could make an argument and put him fourth or fifth on your list right now of greatest of all time and have an and have an argument. Really? Yes. That's not a cold take. No, that's not a cold. Where do you end up on the athletics list? Seventh or eighth, I believe. I don't quote me on to that. To be an active driver and be that high. Like and, and Hang still on a in second. your prime, can, can, can just, still be in your prime and be that high on the list. I th- I thought about this because I was reading their top seventy-five guys, and Brad Keselowski was twenty-fifth. And I, literally right after I spun Brad out, I was like, "Damn, I just spun out the twenty-fifth greatest driver of all time." Like, <laughs> what, what's that make me like the twenty-sixth greatest driver of all time? You know, like that. But that goes to show it within the last seven eight years of active guys and previously active guys, there's been what twelve. Out of the top 30, almost half of them are active guys. Like, that goes to show the strength of the field right now. Active guys, Denny, Joey, Kyle, Bush, Kurt Bush. Kevin. Kevin. I mean, dude, the list, Tony Stewart, Jeff Gordon, like Dale Jr. I did not live through like the 70s and 80s, but when I look at the stat sheet, it was like Richard Petty and David Pearson and Kelly Arbro. Yeah. Like, those guys won everything. Yeah. And there's more parity now. So I don't like I, I don't know that there wasn't I didn't live then, but what Richard Petty and like David Pearson did overshadows a lot of what other guys did back then. Not saying they weren't great. I don't know because it wasn't my era. Where but. do you think he ends up though? Back to your original question. Where do I think Kyle Bush ends up? Yeah. It's it's easy to sit here on a Tuesday after he wins and say he's gonna be high and mighty, but do you think he's in the top ten now? Oh yeah. Anybody that has a case like there's no case for him not to be in the top ten for two hundred NASCAR wins, two over, over two hundred in his correct in all three of uh, the top three series. I think Kyle Busch is the greatest NASCAR driver of all. So to that point, if you look at how long Jeff Gordon's career was, that is what got him to his ninety three mark. Jimmy Johnson was twenty one years. That's how long his NASCAR Cup career was, and he had his. 80, what was it, 83, 83 wins. Kyle Busch is also at 21 years right now, but he was also racing against Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, all these other guys at the same time. He's 21 years in, he's got 61, but Jimmy's 21 years, he's older. So his his shelf life was shorter. I think it sets Kyle up to, like, 
He's out. This could be like you never know when your last win could come. Well, he's outpacing Joey too, and Joey's got a long shelf life too. Yeah, but like if if anybody else was going to have a chance to do it, I think if, Kyle Busch ends his NASCAR career in the top three greatest drivers of all time. The conversation is going to be Richard Petty, Jimmy Johnson, and Kyle Busch. I, I truly believe that in eight years. Yeah. So okay. you're, especially if he wins a couple more championships. Yeah. Just counting Dale Earnhardt. Oh, 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 you better not. Yeah. There's going to be four guys they're talking about. Put Dale Earnhardt in there. <laughs> you, sta- <laughs> Bro, you, you put there's Dale no Earnhardt. statues of I, anybody else behind us. You, I, I didn't make a trophy. There are four faces on Mount Rushmore. So. I didn't. Yeah. yeah. And, and Dale. Okay. Fuck Dale Earnhardt. Yes. I'm not discrediting Dale Earnhardt seven-time champion. Believe me, there's a freaking Copperdale trophy yeah. behind but me. You're you're basing your decision based off of talent and numbers, Statistics. not just pure numbers. I just I think that I don't know. There's probably somebody way smarter. There's definitely somebody way smarter than I am that could somehow figure out a way to weigh the parity of competition per era. It's it's all it's a rhetorical like it's like arguing who the greatest basketball player of all time is. Like you're never gonna have an answer for it. But what we can all agree on is that Jimmy Johnson and his cup numbers, right? He's probably, he's the greatest cup driver that we've watched. Yeah. Week in and week out, his whole career. What Kyle Busch has done Friday, Saturday, and Sunday has been more than anybody's been able to do. You know, Kevin Harvick, Joey, Brad have done well with it, but nobody's done it like Kyle Busch has. And what that is most comparable to is Richard Petty. Because if you look at the races that he was running in when he won his 200 races, that was midweek races against you know smaller fields. It, it wasn't a full 40-car field of the best drivers week in and week out. It was sometimes a little bit lesser talent that he was going up against on a Wednesday night in Weaverville, North Carolina. That's just the way, the way it was. So I think, to your point, those two are up there in that if you could cross generations. Could I bring up? Not a counter-argument, but a counterpoint. We're talking about Kyle Busch being, because he is, one of the greatest, call it top five, greatest drivers of all time. He went an entire year and a half. Well, beside, he went an entire year not winning a race, right? Uh, at Gibbs, and he was upset, and he was this, and he was that, and he was off, right? Because And it, the, one of the best teams in the garage in Gibbs. That just goes to show you that the best guy can own, can't overcome everything right it's so much about people obviously the Gibbs fit whether he was checked out mentally whatever his confidence was low in the group whatever it was you plug that guy into another a new fresh team with Randall Burnett and those motivated guys it's like the age-old Kyle Busch Kyle Busch is no different two days ago than what he was six months ago when everybody was talking about that was the end of Kyle Busch you know the comparison I'm going to draw right now is and and I was thinking about this and it's another point off of that one is like Daryl Waltrip, right? He was Jaws. Nobody liked him. And then he switched rides, and all of a sudden, everybody loves him. I heard cheers when Kyle Busch got out of the car this week. That's the first time that I heard cheers for him. So is this like a is this a watershed moment where he becomes almost a hero? Because he was because he didn't like do the bow. Like I don't know. Like he was just different. There's a lot of people like the Joker. Well, a lot of people like the enemy too, or the villain. Can I get one stat correction real quick? Yeah, go for it. He didn't go a year without a win. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he won the dirt race. He, he won, won race. Texas in the fall and then won the dirt race. So asphalt wins, yes, but he did win the dirt race. So sorry, Merriman. You're talking about cheers for Kyle 
I think that has a lot to do with who he's driving for and uh, people. I mean, it's sacrilege to compare Kyle Busch to Dale Earnhardt. I mean, people lose it, but there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of similarities, and he's also driving for Richard, which brings me to my question. Is this a bigger win for Richard Childress or a bigger win for Kyle Busch? Yes. Both. Yes. But which is it bigger for? We know it's uh, big for both. I both. think it's both. I think it's as big for both. I think it's almost bigger for Richard because I would agree with that. I but but when you look at the whole when you look at the whole picture, I think when you look back 6 months ago, they almost were kind of both up screw that paddle. Mhm. But like to that point the conversations I've been hearing Austin Dillon have, he's almost sounding, he's high tide, raises all ships. And the three cars been running mm-hmm. well as well. But he almost sounds more like a team owner than he does a driver at some times. Yeah. I mean, also, you get another guy in Kyle Busch, greatest driver, one of the greatest drivers of all time, also has had a lot of experience owning teams. So yeah. that amount of knowledge that they have in that building now, whatever amount Kyle Busch wants to get, like those guys are obviously made a deal that he felt like was good enough for him to go do it. But to your question, I think that it's vindicating for Kyle Busch to say like, all right, guys, like this is what you could have had. This is what you didn't want to pay for. This is what some, another team is going to get, right? So the chip's going to remain on Kyle Busch's shoulder for however long, probably the entire tenure he's at RCR. That group over there at RCR also – has a chip on their shoulder because they felt like they got left by Tyler Reddick. Correct, yeah. You Sorry, know, going in a shiny. He was he was literally in the shop, team meetings wearing RCR polo, left there, went to a, a hotel down the street, put a 2311 polo on, and said deuces. That was a slap in Richard's face. And you can l- read some interviews and you can really get a gauge on how tense that situation was. I think it's as big of a win for Austin Dillon specifically because he was the one that made the first call. Yeah. And who would have had KB to RCR on their bingo card six months ago? Nobody. Nobody, right? Just because this idea of RCR of old, kind of inconsistent, they would get on a hot streak, but they were rarely a season-long consistent team. But I think the next-gen car and the group they have hits a reset on what we're used to seeing out of RCR of old because now the parts and pieces, there's no development. It's guys who can put their heads together, smart guys like Andrew, Randall Burnett, Kyle Busch. Now, Keith Rodden's over there, crew chief in the three yeah. car as well. They have a lot of smart guys over there. And they have an open notebook with Hendrick Motorsports and Trackhouse. They're all three key partner teams. Yeah. That's super valuable, yeah. right? So well, Hendrick can see what RCR ran this weekend and vice versa. So whatever Trackhouse is doing, and I'm sure they keep some nuggets of information here and there, but the same arrow notes they're seeing, wind tunnel data, CFD stuff, damper tests, that is an open notebook for those three key partner teams. So I wonder how that's going to transpire. And Toyota right only had four. Or like they had, you know, they, they had, yeah, they had four and then just recently had six. But I don't know that anybody has a higher racing IQ than Kyle Busch when he's looking at stuff like that. So you're giving him data from Hendrick and Trackhouse, two teams that so he's got even more data to look at and digest. And like, I guess... I guess when I what I, the point I was trying to make when I was talking about Austin is he's sounding more like a CEO every time I hear him talk. He knew that it was going to be a challenge for him to keep up with that guy, right? But just the fact that he put, I don't know, you could say you probably put a little bit of ego aside to get that guy in the building for the company. 
to raise the high tide to raise the ship of RCR. That was a company move more than a personal oh, yeah. move for sure. Yeah. So, uh, it, but it's also going to make Austin doing better. Um, it has already. It has already finished third to clash, got the bronze medal was, I don't know where he ended up at the 500, obviously finished pretty good here as well. So, I mean, he pushed the A car to what was going to be the win and then got hooked. Yep. Right. So they were in, in position there. So that combination of their RCR guys is lethal. Watch out. Before we move on to uh, our next segment, I did want to get your take on the uh, lap 87 restart there, the sort of kerfuffle, if you will. Great, great yeah, word. Kerfuffle. Everybody, I heard a clip on Sirius XM today about somebody, somebody was blaming Joey. Let me tell you something. The guy who wrecks in the seventh row, it isn't the leader's fault unless the leader's playing games with speed. But Joey says he wasn't playing games with pace, and I believe him because he had, like, he just said he went late in the box. All the guys who run up front consistently and lead lanes and all that stuff were complaining that the restart zone was too small and the leader didn't have an advantage because the guy on the opposite lane could essentially time the runs and get the launch, and then it left the, it left the leader kind of hung out or kind of vulnerable. So the Kyle Bushes and Joeys and Denny's and Kyle Larson's, like the go, those guys that run up front all the time, they're like, hey, we need a bigger restart zone. So NASCAR said, okay, we'll give you a 50% larger restart zone. We'll add 25% to the front, 25% to the back, and – that way it gives the leader an opportunity to go at the beginning or all the way at the end. And it kind of keeps the front row on their toes. What you saw there was impatience by the sixth or seventh guy because Joey went so long in the box. Meanwhile, the guy in the sixth row was already in the restart box and he's like, why aren't we going? And you're getting pushed and hammered. And next thing you know, the cars are so hard and the left rear stops. All it takes is a little bit of a, a bump and you're, your traction's broke, and then you saw it break out. So it wasn't Joey's fault that he went long in the box. That's his right to do. It's just impatience on the guys that are fourth, fifth row. If you listen to the – and I haven't looked at the actual, like, SMT data to see what his, you know, throttle trace was. But if you listen to the in-car audio, it's steady, 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 and then at the end you hear him accelerate towards the end of the box, like you said. That's redneck SMT. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just listened to that engine hum, and it didn't get too loud till it got there toward the end. Pockers, Pockers <laughs> asked him, like, what what did you do? Like, what do you think about the guys that said you did something wrong? He said, I look at the data. Go ahead and pull up the data. Because you can see throttle trace and brakes. And what he said was the guy in second was hanging back. Mm-hmm. So I just waited to go late in the box yep. because it's known, it's a known fact and nobody's better at, I don't know that anybody's really better at restarts and knowing the restart game than Joey. When he someone does, hangs back, lot. when someone hangs back and times your run, they're going to beat you in the turn one. Right. And that, that's the game. There's a lot of chatter in the drive. You're in the driver's meeting about people hanging back. Mm-hmm. Are you going to call this? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Cause if not, I'm going to do it. Yep. So I, you can speak more on that, but so, I think that you're never going to fix driver's aggression aggression, or just run into each other. That's just – if guys don't want to crash on restarts, don't smash into the guy in front of you. You have three pedals in there, and one makes it go fast, one makes it go s- slow, and I don't really know what the one on the left does besides make you go from stand, standing still. But it's not the leader's fault for using the advantage that NASCAR is now given to them. Uh, NASCAR is going to continue to evaluate that for the first five races of the year and then figure out if we get a couple more restart calamities and i'm sure they're going to tighten it back up but for now 
Uh, the box will remain large, and we'll see if guys can use some patience and not run all over each other and restarts and don't crash everybody. Talking about crashing and losing tires, we're going to break that down to pit road boats and whoa, right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Couple woes this week in the 19 car. Couple guys taking a vacation on that hot rod. What happened? Yeah, the first, the first stop they had, they had a penalty where the tire rolled into the nine cars pit stall. So um, it'd be an equipment infraction. Uh, so they went to the Atel on the longest line. And then the next stop looks like they lost another on their left front. It come through our pit stall because it was a the stop. Did. Yeah, it was a stop. I had an issue as well. And um, at the end of the stop, I was like, damn, that was a rough one. And Houston Stanford on the 45. So there was a 19, then an opening. And then us... And the 45. So Houston Stamper, the front changer on the 45, was like, I heard them yelling at me like, yo. It was him and my rear changer, and they were holding a nut. And they're like, this yours? And I'm like, it was bad, but it wasn't that bad. And I'm like, no, that's not me. And I'm like, I got mine on my belt. And then, like, right then, it was like, (laughs) the 19 come by. And I'm like, it's theirs. And you could see it plain as day, like, on on our overhead camera. It's against the wall. Doing about 50 miles an hour through a pistol. So, I don't want to sidetrack you here, but at Daytona in the duel, remember the 70, I don't know if they showed it on TV, the 77 has right retire, come off as he's going on pit road. He had a loose wheel, comes down, pulling into the box, the thing rolls off. It fell off on pit road? Yeah. Okay. After a full fuel run. Whoa. Yeah. Did so it break the detents? I'm, sit, I'm sitting there. On the pit boxes, we're in the second duel, and I'm sitting there on the end, and the 77, we're like, he's like 10 spots, 10 stalls in, and he comes down pit road, and like this lug nut, I'm like, it's beating the car down pit road, and it was probably yeah. going 120, and I was like, 
there it is. Hey, that looks important. That looks important. And then he turns into his box and the right rear tire falls off. I'm like, oh, I think it was from our car. Make sure that tire goes back on there. Get yeah. a lug nut. Back uh, to your story. Dude, those things go. And like when they fall it, off in practice going or they miles, fall right? off at the track, like they'll fall off and they'll be spinning and it'll be, it's like uh looney tunes. Like you'll go to reach for it. And right when you go to reach for it, it's like, and takes off and you're like, Oh, Oh. And you try to reach for the one on your belt. It's, it's really a terrible, terrible feeling. But, uh, but yeah, that, so why did they a, send them? I, I think, you know, Chuck had the radio pulled up before, but it sounds like they tried to stop them and they have the 19 team has what a lot of people are going to on pit road where they have a open microphone system through the whole team. So they, all the guys on the pit crew can talk to each other during the stop with an intercom, just a hot mic, yep. just like we, just like we have on right here recording this podcast. Now, what would you say? Like, yep. Yep. If you, stop. If no, stop. Yeah. Like, like probably stop, 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 stop. Yeah. Or, you know, that, that would be something clear, something frantic to let them know there was an issue. And from what I understand, like you, you can come back in. How many teams run that? You think all the Gibbs guys, 2311 guys, I, I, I don't know. I haven't really, you know, we're pretty new in the season. So I haven't really gotten to look at everybody else's and you're pretty spread out at California. So I didn't really see who was running it. But definitely Gibbs was the first ones running it, and 2311 has them as well. I saw those guys next to us with them on. And they knew – so he came, so he lost his lug nut, come out of the socket, and took off. But he didn't see it because, like, sometimes they'll come out and you won't even tell because they'll just go. And at practice, you can hear it because it's like ting, 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 ting. But at the racetrack, you ain't hearing that with the motors running and everything. So he goes back in and hits it, and it ratchets, and the car drops. And it's like, uh-oh, there's no nut on there. Like, he looks down, uh-oh, there's no nut on there, but he's already leaving. To the left rear? It was a left front. And he was the left rear wouldn't have made it off pit road. Left front will fall into the into the wheel well. But they said to stop. And then he stopped, like, almost at the end of pit road. And he was like, well, I got to go around now. Because the other thing that's happening at the same time as he's coming out of his pit box, there's that sort of clogged pit road where oh, several okay. cars so yeah i about run to the back of them i was like why is yeah. it stopping spotter and crew chief are saying oh, you know, okay you, you got two to your outside whatever yeah. they were saying and then the timing on a lot of that was after that cleared then it was like stop 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 hmm. and then james small said stop you have to stop before you get to the end of pit road basically i'm paraphrasing yeah but the timing that it took i think martin to process it he had already crossed the yellow line at the end of pit road so therefore, in his mind was, I've got to keep going. I'm mm. which was what he said on the radio. Yeah. yeah, which the right, the 100% right call there is to back up, because if it falls, if while you're backing up and it falls off, so on pit road. Right. So during an event, any loss or separation of an improperly installed tire slash wheel from the vehicle on pit road, yellow line to yellow line, may result in a flag status penalty, yellow flag, vehicle restart at the tail end of the field, green flag, vehicle will be assessed a pass-through penalty. Any loss or separation of improperly installed tire slash wheels from the vehicle beyond pit road will result in a two-race suspension for two team event roster pit crew members for the series in which the penalty occurred and the vehicle will be assessed a two lap penalty the awareness on that intercom as well who's hearing everything is the crew chief right so james smalls has to say stop get back here but like to your point if he just stops might cause a wreck on pit road but the you have to stop and back up 
you yeah. have to stop and back up. My question, and I think a lot of people's question was like, well, why didn't you just pull in the 20 cars pit stall and put a lug nut on? I don't know what that there. There's obviously, cause that's going to be a question. A lot of people ask, cause I've heard it from a, a couple of different friends at different teams. Like maybe you should have just pulled in the 20 cars pit box. Could have. I don't know what that looks like. And I'm sure there'll be a clarification on what that looks like. There is a penalty for that. If one, if you pit outside of the box, there is that penalty. And two, if another crew member, like you have to service your car on pit road. What if you don't? You also have to get the wheels on, you know? Right. But then then it comes down to like, what is the, so if he backs down pit road, is that penalty less than the two race suspension? Definitely depends on the racetrack because if he backs down pit road and they get a left front on it and beat the pace car out, then they're not a lap down. They're so, just tail end, which are going to be, you're going to be. Anyways. Anyway. If you look at the pit road penalty card, for most infractions on pit road, it is a pass through under green or it is a restart at the tail end of the field um, during yellow. There is also at NASCAR discretion for self-oil, for safety violations, for uh, running over or under equipment. Like there are certain things that are at NASCAR's discretion. If there's a tire issue, what is the penalty then? So I think it is up to the governing body to make a decision there. Yeah. Who was the best team on pit road this weekend? It seems like when they were cutting the track for the weepers, they cut the SMT line. Oh. So not a lot of hard data. Yeah. But from what everything I saw and from what every, everything everybody said, it's the same the same band of characters as last year. The one, the three, the four. Look, when I noticed, it looks like the 11 had some good stops too. He kept his track position. Yeah. The yeah. eight, dude, shout out to the eight car. Like I said, I don't want to use the term like nobody wanted those guys because they're definitely all very valuable guys. But the three guys from Gibbs, Marcus Horton, Brian Backus, the two changers, and Justin White, the fuel, the fueler, they didn't have a spot at Gibbs. They had to let those guys go because they lost the 2311 pit crews. 2311 did not pick them up for their cars. So they ended up later in the season they wanted to, then they wanted to sign somewhere. They ended up at the eight car. Sebeki has fought the good fight. The Jackman, he was on the eight last year. He's been around. He is he has adapted from five lug nut to one. He's doing it. You know, those guys, the their carrier came over from the forty two, so it's a group a new group that they put together. So to be able to keep their composure and win that race is a really hard thing to do and, and put a full day together. So kudos to those guys for doing that. Who was not able to have a good race was myself. Uh, we had we we started off we we kept the lead we came in leading did a good stop a real good stop go out with the lead um, come in at the end of the stage we get stage points I think we finished third in the stage second or third changing with the opposite hand on the right front now there's just new things that that happen and some stuff that you can't that you don't simulate at practice and the hose ended up under the right front so I went to get up the car dropped on the hose so we had to jack the car back up. So we put them, we lost some track position there. Come down the next pit stop, missed my button. And you're running at such a high pace. Missed my button, pulled the trigger. It was going the wrong way. Went to hit my button. Jackman dropped the car because the wheel should have been tight. And if he doesn't drop the car like that and I'm gone, he's way far. Like he can't wait. So two big mistakes. We fire off 15th and we're wrecked. So we should have never been back there in the first place. But yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough pill to swallow because I think the narrative and the, the reason, you know, I got put on the 12 cars because, you know, it's thought that the pit crew hasn't helped him out. 
you know, the, the team, the 12 car hasn't been able to finish races. So to start the year off with issues like that is, is pretty challenging, but you have to, that's part of the job. The guys who work at the powder coach are like, dude, they circled you on TV. I'm like, yeah, bro. That's what happens. That's why you get paid part, big, part get of paid the, the job. Big bucks. But, yeah. but you have to like big, big time tire changing and pit crewing. You have to be able to manage that. You have to be able to mitigate that. Same thing with driving. Unfortunately, you are going to have probably more bad days than good days. And if you are not built, if you don't have that built in to deal with that and to handle that and to say, okay, short memory, what happened? Why did it happen? How do I increase my odds to be better next time? If you're emotional about it, it's not going to be. Now you're going to be pissed off and you're going to be scared for your job and you're going to have all those things because you're a human to be able to get through that and get past that. That is a big part of the job. Got to be a pro. It's not just about changing tires fast, right? A big part of the job is yeah, being able to fail fast, being able to suck, being able to figure out why you sucked and, and getting over it. You know, and that's the, that's the grim part of the job. It's the grim part of your job, right? And being able to get, like, like Connor Haley said, when people t- tweet me like, you should be fired. You suck. You know, there, there was a, there was a great chat I had with a friend of ours that was like, no pit crews have any depth. There's no departments. There's no pit crew department in the series. No, no team that has depth. And the fact of the matter is there's just not really many cup ready guys. It's the same thing for drivers, right? There's John Hunter Nemechek who won this weekend, but there's not a lot of cup ready drivers. Yep. Zane. And the same thing for pit crew guys. There's not a ton of people lining up at the door that are ready to be put on or to take somebody else's job. On Kevin Harvick's car. On, you know, Joey Logano's car. There's just not a lot of guys that are ready to do that. And the ones that are good enough are on cars. Right. All right. And the ones that aren't, aren't on cars. And it's just hard to get that and develop that. And now you don't have the Xfinity series to teach these guys how to do one lug nut. And what you do at the racetrack, like I saw this weekend with myself, is different than what you do at the practice area. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 it's a tough dude pitting pit crewing racing is as hard as it's ever been right now. So, well, the mistakes are magnified and people are as val or more valuable than, than they've ever been. So, yep. That's it. We'll just don't suck this week. That's Hey, simple enough. I mean, you know, that's the thing. It came in yesterday. You know, you go in, you come in Monday from California, you're tired. You didn't sleep like, all right. Go pick the kids up from school, eat some lunch. All right, I'm going to the shop. See ya. What do you mean? I haven't seen you in two days. I got to go to the shop. I got to work on this. You know, that's the, everybody, you know, you watch it on TV and you think it's sexy because you got the fresh white fire suit and cool helmet and you're on TV. No, dude, it's a grind. You got to grind. You got to grind. It's what? not all fresh paint and, and lollipops. Well, I guess all that makes sense. You know what doesn't make sense? Some nonsense. Coming right up after this. All right, guys, another round of nonsense. New segment coming at you. It's a bit of an opinionated trivia-type segment. So, Janie, what is the quest this week? So, this week is a little different from last week. For the record, we are keeping score. So, last week, Corey won. And we're going to do this all year. So, we're going to see where y'all end up by the end of the year. 
So this week we're going to play a game called Guess Who. It's Corey versus Ryan again, but this week we are going to describe a driver using their accomplishments from Las Vegas and only using those stats. You have to guess and tell me who they belong to. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes sense. What, what do we do? Like 10 cents per correct answer? Sure. We're making this up. Someone keep the tally for me. All right. First one. Let's see how many we can get through. At Las Vegas in the Cup Series, I have one start, no top tens, but I do have one Xfinity Series win in three starts, an average finish of 5.3 and zero truck starts. Who am I? Ryan Priest. Mm. Oh, that's a good That's a good guess. But no. He's got more cup starts than that. Oh, he does. Yep. So That's, I'm, I'm locked in though. Yep. Um, Noah, Noah Gregs, and now he's got truck. He's got truck starts there. But he. Oh man, this is tough. Um, AJ Allmendinger. Neither one of you are right. It is Ty Gibbs. Damn it. Oh, damn, I should have guessed great, that. That's a great question. That's a good question. Okay, zero to zero. At Las Vegas in the Cup Series, I have 19 cup starts, three wins. 12 top 10s, three poles, zero DNFs, and in my only Xfinity Series start there, I led 106 laps and won. Who am I? I'll go first. Okay. Is it Joseph? Joey Logano. Yes. Yeah. All 10 right. cents for the boys. For the both of you. At Las Vegas in the Cup Series, I have four starts and one top five, but in the Xfinity Series, I have five starts, one on the pole, Two wins and 254 total laps led. This is a cup driver? Yes. All right, he's got four starts. Oh, man. I was I was thinking it was Cole Custer, but it's not because he's not a current cup driver. Um, you can pick him, though, if you want to. That would be bad for my career. <laughs> uh, four starts. Eric Jones. Eric Jones has been driving the cup series for a while. I don't f- know. Just pick somebody. <laughs> um, I don't think he has. Yes, he has. Oh, f- he has. He's got two wins in the Xfinity series here. Four cup starts, one top five. In the cup five series. starts in Xfinity. William Byron? Oh. That's wrong, no, though. No, he's wrong. Chase Briscoe. Oh, wow. damn. We suck we so bad. Suck. Why are you okay. videoing us right now? We stink and we suck. All right. Still one to one. At Las Vegas in the Cup Series, I have three wins in 23 starts, one pole, one win from the pole. An average finish of 10.8, two Xfinity Series wins, and three Truck Series wins. How many How many cup starts? 23. Uh, and three wins out of those. Kyle Busch. Oh, yeah, it's Kyle Busch because the Truck Series wins. Kyle Busch? Yeah. One more. One more. I had. I was, I was going to pick somebody else. I'll tell you at the end. Okay. At Las Vegas in the Cup Series, I have 19 starts, three wins, Average finish of 11.6, 12 top 10s, zero DNFs, and two poles. In the Xfinity, I have one win, 10 starts, and one truck series start. I can pick. I'll, I'll do go first, but you can't pick my guy. Brad Keselowski. He's been in the Cup Series more than that. He's got more starts than that. That's a that's Brad, a, Brad Keselowski. No, that's an eight-year Cup career. Okay, Corey? It's an eight- or nine-year Cup career. Uh, read the line one more time. 19 starts, yep. three wins, yep. average finish of 11.6, 12 top 10s, two poles. Xfinity, <sighs> one win, 10 starts, one truck start. Man. Brett. One truck win? Start. Brad, Brad Keselowski. 
It's not Brad Kozlowski. For some reason, Denny's coming to mind. No, no. Oh, oh he said it. He's Lock coming him. to mind. I didn't pick Lock him, though. Him <laughs> <Lock> him <in. laughs> you have 10 seconds. No, no. Nine. Uh, eight, shoot. Seven. Playoff guy. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. Eric Jones. Brad Kislowski. Yeah. Ooh, Damn. give me my money. So Flores wins this Give week. me my money. Pow, pow, pow. That's all we have for nonsense. Oh, I hate losing. Valiant effort. Gosh, I don't get to win anything. It's okay. You won, you won last, last week. week. But that was last week. Okay, well, you've <laughs> got 30-plus more weeks to go. Let's go. I need all the momentum I can get. I, you had a better week than me this week at the racetrack. So yes, I, I need did. all the momentum I can get. I'll take that dub. A big L this week in nonsense. We're going to keep that. I like that. I like that segment. Good. That was good. Good. I like winning. We also, while you're here, let's just say what we got for some Penny for Your Thoughts, Janie. We also like the Penny for Your Thoughts questions that came in this week. Our first one is coming from Rita Sisk, and she wants to know, what's the scoop on Bowman's pit choice? Was it a slick spot? You're my pit road expert, Flores. Oh, in his post-race uh, interview on Twitter, he just said he had trouble launching. Yeah. Because there was uh, he had an opening out. And these West Coast boxes, Vegas, you see it a lot. Um, they're really slick and sandy. they're sandy. And that's, that's one thing. I wonder if his team was kind of blowing the stuff out of their box into the they're box open. in front of them. And the team on the other side of that box was blowing their trash into that box. So it just wasn't cleaned off for him to launch. Uh, a lot of stuff builds up and a lot of stuff was coming out of these wheels and tires and out of the grills when the teams were, when the cars were stopping. So yeah, just a lot of trash. So maybe if they weren't cleaning the opening in front of them, well enough that could have been an issue or just you know no spray you got everybody spray something a little different um but yeah he he was from what he said he was not getting a great launch out of his box yeah it's it's slick those boxes overall whether it's dirty or not are just it's like a not a abrasive or coarse concrete so it's kind of like smooth and you can just spin them all day long so it is hard to launch off west coast box but a great pit stall selection with an opening out sometimes it just doesn't help that there's nobody there cleaning the box for you. Nate Nichols wants to know, are there any types of tracks where spotters seem more critical than others? Places like California, they're they're really, really important. It's hard their job's hard because a lot of the times you have guys running lane one, got a guy running lane five on the on the t- in the fence, and they have to call clear and they don't have a great vantage point because they're kind of coming towards them and there's really not a good depth perception. Uh, so that's why you did see some guys get into it, whether it was out of two, out of four, um, just because spotters can't – that's not, not a great vantage point for them. So spotters are huge there, obviously at a super speedway. So I would say a place where you have multiple lanes and you're blending, whether it's Homestead, California, this weekend at Vegas when you have guys running the middle, running the top. Spotters are always important, but there are more places in which spotters can make or break a day for sure. I have a question this week. If you had to choose one paint scheme to race for the rest of your life, what do you go with? I'm trying to use my questions against me. Um, whoever pays the most for it. I know that's not the answer you want. Oh, man. Well, not your that's paint schemes. If someone, if they were like, hey, you have one paint scheme that your same sponsor is going to buy into this paint scheme. The rest of your life? The rest of your life. Would you go like with like any the good classics? Trickle? Like the cold trickle? Um, you just don't like green? That is a, that is a. Okay, now you give me more context. Not your, yeah, not your paint schemes per oh, okay. se. Okay, if you had to pick a paint scheme, a paint scheme, any sponsor on it, just the paint, 
the colors. Mm. I love the 88 Gatorade car. Yeah. That one was just iconic for me. So if I could take a Gatorade, the 88, how the stripe was kind of like in the number. Or another one of my favorites, Frosted Flakes, Terry Labonte. You like, yeah, that's a, you like that one. I like it. It just does my OCD good because like the, the lines or the parallel with the slant of the number, it just, and it also brings some nostalgia back for sure. Yeah. What are the odds that another Stacking Pennies logo gets on a Darlington throwback? Probably very slim. Because One and done? Because the amount of sponsorship Stacking Pennies paid Spire last year probably couldn't cover a tire. Mm. Well. They did, Spire did me a solid last year. Hopefully we can actually put some real stickers and sponsors on it. That's all the Penny for Your Thoughts questions, but we do have a Penny Stacker of the Week, multiple Penny Stackers, because uh, Team Nigu, you guys might be wondering what that was on my car this weekend. It was a charity that impacts children battling cancer. So through some private donors, Team Nigu was able to to advertise on our car for six races with the opportunity for me when we go into market. This was the first time in Fontana we went to a pediatric cancer center. Super heavy on Thursday. Got to meet give or take 15 to 18 kids um, fighting, just giving those guys hope, passing out these little joy jars, they're called. Uh, We're doing a a lot of cool things with that. They have hats and socks and little trinkets and toys all packed in this joy jar. They have a little Corey LaJoy, like racing themed joy jar with like checkered flag sunglasses and a little rubber ducky and all all this cool stuff. So we've been doing things, trying to push people to donate to Team Nigu, give some joy jars to – uh, some kids in need, give those guys some hope. One kid stood out in particular, Wesley. My man was at the Loma Linda Hospital, but then he also uh, came out to the race on Sunday. He was super pumped up, cared more about all the trash trucks who were at the racetrack than the race cars, so <laughs> I can respect that. Big trash truck guy. Shout out to Wesley. But there was a lot of cool kids that I met. A lot of them were Levi's age, so obviously that man left me freaking in a – just a pool of emotion seeing those kids battling. Uh, but those guys need your help. So check out Negu, N-E-G-U.org, and encourage those kids to never, ever give up. A lot of great stuff we're doing. We're going to uh, be – they're going to be on their car five more times, so we're going to be able to impact some more people. So go check them out. And those are my penny stackers. Are there so, a couple Are there a couple ways where if you finish top ten or top five or win where there's a discount or, or they they match donations? I think so. So top 15s, I think if you donate – a one joy jar worth is 25 bucks. Somebody matches it as well. Uh, top 10s are two. Top fives are three. So I just encourage you to go give 25 bucks and give a kid a joy jar and change their day. might change their life. So uh, doing a lot of good things with those guys. So shout out Team Nigu. That was cool to carry the uh, that paint scheme on. Got them a lot of them TV time for sure. I was yeah. backwards, sideways, in the, middle of, in the middle of the mix. So if you're wondering what that was, we are – impacting some kiddos fighting for their lives so i'm excited to do that some more and excited you guys to be on the journey with me as well as i appreciate you guys being on the journey with us in this podcast as we continue this thing rolling please make sure you tweet us your questions at hashtag penny for your thoughts make sure you like download share rate review all the good things five stars so we keep this thing moving and grooving and also Tune in to Spare Change on Sunday as we look towards the Pennzoil 400 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway Sunday, 3.30 Eastern time. This is Stag and Pennies. I'm Corey the Joy. 
talk to y'all this weekend.